This is the Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City in the Minton State. Welcome in. We're presented by the second string, baby. Can you tell I'm excited? Can you tell I got some good stuff to talk about? Can you tell I'm in a good mood? I'm Nick Bradley. I'm your host. Folks, how about that man and he's slanting? Have yourself a day, Mel Tucker. Have yourself a career. Mel Tucker. Have yourself some generational wealth, Mel Tucker. Have yourself some your kids, 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 kids are never going to work a day in their lives, Mel Tucker. Holy shit, man. Rumors have been swirling. We've been talking about it. I've been saying it since the moment someone said, "Uh uh-oh, Mel Tucker's a name swirling at LSU. Since the moment That happened since the moment, I think it was Bruce Feldman, some clown, reported LSU really is interested in Mel Tucker. They're going to give him a call. They're going to make a play. Since the moment that happened, I've been saying Michigan State University, obviously you can't force the guy to do anything. Michigan State University is going to make a heavyweight offer to Mel Tucker. Michigan State University is done with the half-in, half-out half-ass horseshit when it comes to football. How about those halves? They're done with it. Michigan State is going to make him a godfather offer. Now, if it is, if he just simply can't refuse LSU or he simply couldn't refuse a Georgia, Alabama, Wisconsin, whoever the program may be, and who knows, it may still happen someday down the road. Then it, it whatever, shit happens. But Michigan State, I've been saying it since the day Since the moment rumors started to swirl about Mel Tucker eyeing up a place like LSU, like USC, Michigan State is going to come with an outrageous offer to keep him as the head coach at MSU. And what do we have today? We've had a few reports now, either two or three. We've had reports where at first it was just kind of Michigan State's working to get a deal done. Michigan State would like to keep Mel Tucker in East Lansing. Michigan State's willing to work with Mel and negotiate to make sure he's locked in long-term. Then later, it was Michigan State is preparing an offer with quote-unquote Ryan Day money that would have Mel Tucker being paid between $6.8 and $7.8 million a year. That's a shit ton of money regardless. $6.8 and $7.8, that's a fuck ton of money. Mel's making five and a half this year. 13th high-paced coach in college football. 13. There's like 150, something like that, schools. 13th highest-paid coach at 5.5 mil. We were going to pay him up to 7.8. We'll call it 8 mil. He would have been, what, top eight highest-paid coaches in the country? That Now we're starting to get to, like, SEC top fucking tier money. I mean, if you're a top eight-paid coach, I don't care if you're in the SEC, fucking Big Ten, ACC. I don't care if you're coaching a community college. That's big-time money. It doesn't matter where you are. And to some extent, yeah, oh, LSU has the recruiting, the fertile hotbed. Oh, LSU, they're going to give you a little bit more money to be there. Oh, LSU, their facility's a little better. At some extent, at some point, you're you're a top-eight highest-paid coach. At some point, the money kind of becomes obsolete. They blew that shit out of the water. Rumor today. Just published an article in the Detroit Free Press. Mel Tucker, Michigan State, is preparing an offer for this guy. 10 years, $95 million. $9.5 million per year is what they want to pay Mel Tucker. Nine and a half 
million dollars annually is what this guy's going to be making. I don't know if that includes um, incentives because they'll do like, all right, 300K if you make the Big Ten Championship, 500K if you win the Big Ten Championship. I don't know if that's including the incentives or not. Regardless, nine and a half million dollars a season. They're going to nearly double what he's making right now. When they hired him away from Colorado, I think he was making 2.4. Remember that whole sequence. Mel obviously notoriously tweeted, thank you for the interest, but I'm happy at Colorado. So I don't know what they came to him with then, maybe 3.5, something like that, just a little bump. Then they doubled, they over doubled. They came at 2.4, they came back with five and a half. Offer too good to refuse. Now they're doing that same fucking thing with the extension. Nine and I mean, if Mel, I'm sure if they would offer them, and I don't know why they changed eight million dollars a year. Mel's probably like, holy shit, yeah, we're staying in East Lansing. That's a fuck ton of money. That's a long extension. I got time. I got patience. I have the fans. I like we're just getting started and we're doing well already. Nine and a half mil. There is only one man in college football that makes more than that. That would be Nick Saban, Alabama. They've had some pretty good success over the years. If our coach, the only guy that's getting paid more than the Michigan State coach is the Alabama coach, I'm okay with that. I'll fucking live with that. Yeah. That's fine. That's fucking fine. Because guess what? That sets the tone. That sets the tone, obviously, for Mel. Hey, Mel, we're paying you like the best coach in college football. We expect results. That sets the tone for the rest of the program. This is no fucking rinky-dink, we're happy to be here operation. This is turning into a machine that is dependent on success and dominance. That sends the message, we're, we're investing in a $32, $40 million football facility, whatever it is. Yeah, that's fucking real. That's the real deal. That's no rinky-dink, half-in, half-out bullshit. That is, we are coming for titles. We are coming for Big Tens. We are coming for college football playoffs. And you know what? We want a fucking natty while we're at it. How's that? Michigan State made a statement to the world. Mel Tucker, second highest paid coach in college football behind Nick Saban. Only three coaches in the NFL make more than him. Three coaches. Three in the NFL. And that's always been a thing. Oh, you go to the NFL, you go to the NBA, you get better pay. You don't have to recruit. Only three coaches in the NFL are making more than Mel Tucker as of whatever, if he, whenever he accepts the contract. Highest paid African-American coach in the history of American sports. And you know what I love? You know what I fucking love about this? This everything that's going on at MSU. Alan Haller, the AD, running the show, helping to get it done. Mel Tucker, obviously the guy in charge. And it's so perfect that this new era, this new age, this renaissance of Michigan State football going from you know, the the off couple seasons where it's like, oh, they're pretty fucking good this year. Going from the five-year run where they're real good. Going from the kind of middle of the ground, will they or won't they? Do they really want it or don't they? The renaissance and the elevation to elite, I love that it's being led and we're setting the standard. Michigan State, with this contract, they're going to pay Mel nine and a half a year. That changes things for the African-American coaching community. Mike Tomlin, when his contract comes up, you think he's making eight mil again? I fucking promise you he won't. Anybody, any black guy or girl trying to break into coaching, fuck, I can't talk. Anybody, this changes things for you. You can point to Mel Tucker now as a shepherd for you. I love 
that the that the program, Michigan State football, that it's early golden age. It's really it's only golden age. The D'Antonio era also a golden age, but they didn't get a natty, which sucks. The golden age of Michigan State football, led by Duffy Dougherty in the fifties and sixties. The pinnacle of those teams, the pinnacle of the program, and the historic relevance of the program is all based on integration. Yes, they won a lot of games. They had some great players. They won natties. All that stuff's awesome. Based on integration. Michigan State broke the barriers when it came to black people on the football field. Right? Now, today, in what is becoming a new age, a second coming of Michigan State football, a modern renaissance of Michigan State, an elevation, like I said, from pretty good program, right? Like they'll have some great seasons. They'll have some down seasons though. An elevation from decency to excellence, once again, breaking ground and integration. This time it's not the guys on the field. It's the guy coaching the guys on the field. Michigan State, we don't have any fucking problem making our AD and, and our and our coach. The guys leading the football program, we have no problem. Let's let let's let some African Americans run the show. MSU is built on the African Americans and their culture. The football program, especially the 50s and 60s, integration is what made Michigan State. And I find it perfect. The parallels, the symmetry, the storytelling that this new age, this new era, once again. Not the guys on the field, but we are breaking barriers for the guys coaching, the guys in charge of the guys on the field. It is so fucking perfect. It's another testament to why Michigan State fucking rules. I know I've said it a million times. Everybody, I'm sure, is like, if you went to Penn State, you're probably like, dude, Penn State's the best place ever. If you went to Texas, oh, man, Texas is the best. But Michigan State, there truly is no other place like it. I I genuinely believe that. I haven't gone to school at every college in the country. I haven't visited every campus in the country. Hardly any, as a matter of fact. Michigan State, the mentality of people, Spartan dogs, the demand for excellence, the willingness, right, to put in the time, the effort, the energy, the resources to achieve said excellence. The fact that this has all come about simply, this isn't like some luck or stroke of luck. This isn't some... 20 years in the making necessarily this whole renaissance mel tucker being locked in as the future of the program returning to a permanent state of excellence like we're in year two pick to finish last in the big 10 east here we are nine and one ranked seventh in the country got a game that's essentially for the big 10 championship in columbus on saturday we're playing extremely meaningful november football the fact that this has all happened. Now we've got a $40 million football facility going in, right? Mel Tucker is getting extended. His, he's barely even been able to recruit. He's only been able to host recruits since June. He's already got the 17th class in the country, which is the highest MSU's had since the college football playoff, college football playoff year with D'Antonio. And before that, God knows the last time they had a class that high. And we're not, we're supposed to still be the bottom of the barrel. And the fact that all this change, all this greatness is seemingly appearing out of thin air simply because Michigan State, the powers that be, Mel Tucker, Alan Haller, President Stanley, Matt Ishbia, uh, what's the, Steve St. Andre, Dan Gilbert, anybody, anybody, Don and Greg Williams, anybody who's contributed in any way, whether it's their time, their thought, their money, whatever, all of these people, every single human 
that's capable of impacting this university, that's capable of putting their stamp on the program, that's capable of playing a part in re-elevating Michigan State football, even if they're not tied to the program, even if they're not a coach, even if they're not in the AD's office, even if they're not on the board of trustees, anybody who's capable of playing a part in the restoration of excellence, they have. They want to. They've identified Mel Tucker. They've met Mel Tucker. They were hanging out at Mel Tucker's house with Paul Bunyan after the game on Halloween, and they realized this is the guy. If we're ever going to do this thing, if we're ever truly going to turn Michigan State into a football powerhouse, into a football school, into a destination, destination, now's the time. Mel Tucker is the guy. We have the, uh, we have the ability. We have the resources, and we want to. It's a matter of the people with the capability, the powers that be, simply deciding it's time. And you know what? Why everybody wants to talk shit. Why there are going to be haters saying, oh man, imagine paying a guy after his second year nine and a half mil. Fucking salty losers. They wish they had Mel Tucker. Why people are going to say, oh, Michigan State, they don't have enough. They, they don't have people working in the cafeteria, but they have money in the football program. It's a business. Fucking stop being a loser about it. The people that are going to say, oh, but if LSU calls, they still can take them. Michigan State, oh, maybe they can compete more than you thought they would, but they can't compete. If LSU calls, they can't compete. The ignorant fucking losers who may not be so ignorant, they actually may just be terrified. People are just don't want to believe they're afraid. They're scared. They're being haunted right now. They're sleeping with one eye open. They're paranoid at the fact that Michigan state is transforming in the matter of a year, in the matter of a year, they're transforming from pretty good program, have some nice history, but in their minds, oh, we'll never be great, not capable of being great, not capable of competing at the LSU, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama level. They are transforming in the matter of a year into one of those programs, into being able to compete with those programs simply because the powers that be have decided it so. They are afraid that the powers that be at Michigan State University. They are afraid that Michigan State University, the fan base, the alumni, the school itself, the program, they are afraid that this can turn into their worst nightmare. They are afraid that all of a sudden, they've always had to worry about Ohio State. If you're in the Big Ten, these Michigan fans that are running their mouths scared shitless, they have never considered the fact that Michigan State can be a year-in and year-out powerhouse that forget about competing with Michigan now has set their sights on going toe-to-toe with Ohio State. They refuse to believe. They refuse to acknowledge the fact, the fact, the fact that Michigan State suddenly has decided they're the big boy on the block, that they're going to be the ones to come for Ohio State's crown. They are terrified at the fact that Michigan State not only wants to be the ones that come for Ohio State's crown, not only thinks that they can come for Ohio State's crown, but now something they said all along, all along these people, whether it's Michigan fans, LSU, whoever, all along they've been saying Michigan State is incapable or they will never choose. They don't want to. They can't spend the resources to compete, even if they want to. 
be the team, be the program that competes with Ohio State. They've never believed. They've consistently spewed Michigan State doesn't have the money. Michigan State doesn't have the donors. Michigan State doesn't have the want to. They don't have the resources. They don't have the ability. They won't do it. The, what scares them more than anything is MSU offering a 10-year, $95 million contract to Mel Tucker screams and throws hot soup in their face and says, oh, we can't? Oh, we won't? Wait, wait, wait. But two weeks ago, on every TikTok I've made about Mel Tucker, I have 50 people saying Michigan State can't compete with LSU. Oh, Michigan State won't spend the money. Michigan State has never spent the money. Remember Nick Saban? What's going to change now? Michigan State, oh, five and a half million. That's a lot of money for them. They won't go above seven. What happened to all those people? Where did they go? What happened? I was told Michigan State can't, won't, will not, refuses, incapable of doing it. They they can't spend. They can't invest in the program like in Ohio State, like in Alabama, like a Georgia, like an LSU. All of a sudden, Michigan State double birds to every other fucking program, fan base, and college football fan in the country. Double bird says, oh, we can't? How about $9.5 million a year? How about making him the second highest paid coach in the country? How about making him the highest paid African-American coach in the history of America? Probably the world. What about all that? What about all that? Michigan State won't step up to the table. They've decided it is time. Michigan State, the university, the alumni, the powers that be, the athletic director, the association, everybody fucking affiliated with it has decided the time is now. It's been fun being pretty good. It's been fun having the off great years. It was fun going to a Rose Bowl. It was fun going to the playoff. You know what isn't fun? Losing. You know what isn't fun? Not going to the Rose Bowl every year. We're tired of up and down. We're tired of pretty good. We're tired of the occasional great team. It's time. Michigan State. And what terrifies them most of all, what terrifies the outsiders, the haters, of which there are many, Michigan State, we know if you've ever been in and around Michigan State, you went there, you have friends from there, you visited there for a game day, whatever. The people in the university know, Mel Tucker, Alan Haller know, Matt Ishbia knows, fans know, everybody who has any idea of what they're talking about knows. It is a sleeping giant. This this school, as much as it's labeled as a basketball school and as successful as the basketball program's been and as legendary as Tom Izzo is, I mean, it's really a both school. People fucking love college basketball here too. This is a football school. People love football in the state of Michigan. People that went to Michigan State love football. People realize, they recognize how different things are, how different a fall semester is, how different the campus is on a Saturday, the business that's done, the money that's made when the football team is performing, when there's excitement, when there's energy, when there's joy, when there's passion, when people are interested and invested in the football program. Everybody here knows it's different. Everybody here knows it's different. Yes, there are the years where it's three and nine with Antonio and it's like, oh man, this isn't great. People don't care. Yes. But when it's been good, it is fucking great. And they know it. 
they know it. Not to mention, not to mention, Michigan State is a massive brand, right? Obviously, huge alumni base. A lot of the fandom people that have went to MSU have relatives that are tied to MSU in some way. Michigan State is so capable of becoming a massive national brand. It's not even funny. We have the logo. We have the swag. Mel Tucker is the sickest coach in America. We have Rich Omiquan singing type away in the Rose Bowl locker room. We have the, the fucking nickname, Spartan Dogs. Spartan Dogs. We have the iconic colors. We have the history. We have everything that requires people that live in LA, people that live in Boston, people that live in Texas, people that live in Canada. We have people internationally, coast to coast in America, all over the place that have ties and have love for this university. The capability of becoming a massive national brand is sitting at the fingertips and they can feel it and they know it. What this says today, Michigan State, these powers, the people in charge of the program and making these decisions, they saw what happened during the D'Antonio era, right? We've always known MSU is a football school. It's been, though, it's been a school where when it's good, it's fucking great. When it isn't good, it's not because people don't want to support bullshit, right? Smart people here. They don't want to support dog shit product. They don't want to support inadequacy. When it's good, the D'Antonio era, all of a sudden, you can't buy a ticket to Spartan Stadium for double digits. All of a sudden, the merch is flying off the shelves. All of a sudden, the game in Indianapolis is all Spartan fans. All of a sudden, you're making hundreds of millions of dollars or the revenue stream is off the football program. And then, right, 2015 comes and goes and you enter another, another lull. People start to get fed up. Again, they don't like inadequacy. They don't like refusal to, to get better, right? We don't, we don't settle for complacency, right? Maybe it starts to fall. You're not making as much off the football program. Spartan stadiums empty again on Saturdays. You bring in Mel Tucker. And when they hired Mel Tucker, I've said this before, there's a reason they gave Mel Tucker five and a half mil right off the rip. There's a reason they over doubled his contract because they thought he was the guy. When Michigan state, I said this, when Michigan State, when D'Antonio retired and MSU went to hire that next coach, they did not want to hire someone with the mindset of, all right, we'll see how this guy is. Yeah, well, let's bring this dude in, see what happens. No. Fuck no, actually. They wanted to hire someone who was going to turn them into a Goliath. They wanted to identify a guy who it wasn't, yeah, this guy seems pretty good or we'll give him a shot. They wanted, we're going to win a national championship with this guy. This guy is the answer. This guy can compete, can compete with Ohio State. This guy will be better than Michigan. That's what they were looking for, right? That hire was no coincidence. That hire wasn't blind darts. That hire was pinpointed. That hire was Mel Tucker. We're going to give him this money because we believe he's the fucking guy that is going to turn us. We want the next coach to turn Michigan State football into a powerhouse. We have the money prepared to build this new facility. We have the money prepared to offer him an outrageous contract. We want the next person who coaches here to be dead set on turning this place into a destination, establishing it as an elite top 10 program in the country. That's why. That's the, That was the mindset going into that Mel Tucker hire. And I think it probably was because D'Antonio kind of set the standard. D'Antonio showed, oh, wow. 
when this team's good, fucking people love football here. You can make a lot of money off football here. It's really important to people here. It drives business here. They saw that. They saw that with Mark D'Antonio. Michigan State has known we have the resources to get back to that, right? You you boil it down, this shit comes back to money. Why is Alabama so great? Because they have the sweetest facilities. They spend the most money on their coaches. They spend the most money on their stadium. They spend the most money on their weight room, whatever. They spend the most money on recruiting, anything. They spend the most money. Why are all of the teams that are the best the best? Because they spend the most money. Michigan State, they've had the money. They've had the money. They saw what happened when they weren't spending money. That's the craziest fucking part. During that whole D'Antonio era, yes, they were spending money, obviously, but they weren't spending money like a top 10 program. Oh, no. They certainly weren't spending money like a top two program, like a top three program. They weren't spending money like they are right now with Mel Tucker, not even fucking close. And they saw the return that they could get on the football program. Then they said, wow, we weren't even fucking trying and we're pumping in cash off the football program. We're dominating. We're winning Rose Bowls. We're winning Big Tens. What happens, hear me out, what happens if we use all this money we have? What happens if we invest that and try to turn football into a machine? We know we have the fan base. We know we have the people who care. We know it's there. We know the potential. We just haven't done it. So you know what? Fuck it. Let's give it a go. And that's exactly what they're doing. This contract for Mel, doubling down that Michigan State believes and is determined to turn into a powerhouse program. Forget the likes of Penn State, Michigan, right, Wisconsin. Fuck that tier of college sports. Fuck that tier of programs. Michigan State, we just graduated from that table. We fucking did a magic trick where you pull the the tablecloth out from all the dishes, did it pristinely. We're done at that table. We just pulled up a chair with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Ohio State. That's where we're taking a seat. That is exactly where we're taking a seat. That's where Michigan State wants to be. That's exactly what this contract extension says. People are going to shit talk it because they're fucking afraid. They know. They know what Michigan State is capable of. People know. People know, and they're terrified that we don't have to be a traditional blue blood. They're terrified that a school like MSU, who, yes, we have have history, but we're not Tennessee. We're not Alabama. We're not Ohio State tradition-wise. Imagine how salty Michigan fans are right now watching Michigan State just surpass them as a program. They're terrified that we have decided we're going to be better than them because we can. People fucking hate seeing that happen. People hate seeing others surpass them, especially when they have some weird complex that makes them think they should be better than us. Michigan State's double down. Mel Tucker is going absolutely nowhere. I want apologies from all the ass clowns that were in my mentions telling me he was gone the moment LSU looked at him. MSU is going to be a powerhouse. He hasn't even started recruiting. That's the funny part. They're supposed to be the worst team in the Big Ten this year. They're nine and one. <laughs> They're fucking nine and one going into Columbus with a shot at winning the Big Ten. They were supposed to be the worst team in the conference. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Think about that. Think about that. They're supposed to be the worst team in the conference. We're a top 10 team. We smacked Michigan. 
We're playing games that mean everything in November. Who would have thought after September the games would mean anything? And he hasn't even started recruiting. He's been able to host recruits for, what, four months, five months? Oh, my God. I can't even imagine how terrified the country is right now. Congrats to Mel Tucker. Well-deserved. But, hey, now comes the tough part. Now you got to live up to it. He's going to have time. He's going to have patience. He has the support. He knows that. I think he has the ability as well. I cannot wait for the future. I just love I just love that a program I root for, whether it's a Detroit sports team, they're obviously a little different because they have salary caps, right? I just love I just love that a program I root for that has had the capability that I've known. That's the thing about it all. I've fucking known. Anybody has known that's been around MSU. We've known they're capable of doing it. They finally are pulling the trigger and taking matters into their own hands. It's so good to see. It is so good to see something capable of one of one potential make an effort to live up to it. I fucking love it. Congrats to Mel Tucker. He hasn't signed it yet. So I guess this is kind of preamble, but you know, I assume he's going to sign it pretty quick here, or at least the day they, or the second the Penn State game's over, whatever it is. Um, it feels good, man. Michigan State's going nowhere. I cannot wait. It's fucking year two, bro. Barely year two. Barely year two. Barely. I cannot wait to see what happens. Woo. All right. I had to get that off the chest. I mean, that, I know there's a fucking massive game Saturday. I understand. But that piece of news, Mel, Mel getting that, Michigan State, the donors, everybody fucking coming together and making that happen is a generational moment. That's never – when's Michigan State founded? 1855? That has never happened in, what, 170 years? Something 166? That's never happened. That's never happened. 166 years. Sorry, I got to talk about it. And everybody's saying now, all the haters, I told you they're going to try to talk. They're going to try to make themselves feel better so they don't wet the fucking sheets every morning. They're going to say, oh, wait till he gets boat raced by Ohio State. Listen, what I just spent 30 minutes talking about, this change in the dynamic, the, the establishing of excellence has nothing to do with what happened Saturday. It has nothing to do with what happened Saturday. Now, I, do I care what happens Saturday? Yes. Will I be living and dying with every single snap? Oh, my God. Of course I will, right? In the case of this season, Saturday is everything. Saturday is my fucking life. It may as well be. But as far as the whole point of this Mel Tucker contract, it ha- it isn't, oh, th- this year. It's either this season or bust. It couldn't. This season couldn't be more irrelevant in what that means. It couldn't be. That contract, the future, is about just that. It's about the future. Like I've said, MSU was supposed to be the worst team in the Big Ten East. The worst team in the Big Ten East, right? I'd be happy if this was happening. They obviously wouldn't be extending him for nine and a half mil a year if State was, I don't know, like five and five. They wouldn't be giving him nine and a half a year. But I would still be happy if they extended him, right? We knew when Mel Tucker came in, starting this year, the the mentality was like, all right, 
Like they'll win a couple games, but they'll probably be kind of bad. Like we got to just wait it out. Mel Tucker hasn't gotten any of his guys. We got to let him recruit. He still hasn't even been here a year. He hasn't been able to host recruits. Like the start of this season where this program was, where the mindset was, this season was a wash before it even began. The fact that they're nine and one and playing for it all has no bearing. Obviously, it's great. Got Mel paid. Has no bearing on the rest of the Mel Tucker era. It really doesn't. This is greater than what's going on this year. This is so much greater than what's happening Saturday, right? Ohio State, they have the infrastructure. They have everything built. They are in the midst of of winning, of winning time. Michigan State has only just begun to build the foundation. The time where games like Saturday would define or, or matter as far as contracts and what people's are, people are being paid, in three years when that facility is built, when Mel Tucker has four cycles of recruits that he handpicked, in three years from now, when it's all Mel Tucker's guys, when he's had time to flex his biggest strength, which is recruiting, when he's had the, the fancy new weight room and facility to get his guys in, at that time, then it will be okay, you have to win Saturday, otherwise this isn't worth it. At that point, once that point comes along and it is winning time at Michigan State, it is you have your guys, you have your facility, you've won already with lesser guys, lesser facility, all that. Now it's time to win Big Tens. Then at that point, will it be, all right, now we can look back at the contract. If he's losing to Ohio State, we've got things to reevaluate. Right now, Saturday has nothing to do. All these fucking loser-ass Michigan, LSU, Colorado fans, all these salty fucking losers that their programs are being run by degenerate idiots are pissed that Mel Michigan State found their guy. They're pissed they don't have Mel Tucker. They're saying, oh, wait till you get smacked Saturday. It doesn't fucking matter what happens Saturday. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. That's why they're terrified. That's what they're saying that. They're fucking horrified that they know, too. Saturday doesn't matter. Saturday is supposed to be a meaningless game. They, they, Michigan State, Ohio State, in year two of Mel Tucker was never supposed to be anything more than a game that was scheduled that you have to just play because it's already on the schedule. It's not supposed to determine who's going to win the Big Ten. It's not supposed to have enormous college football playoff ramifications. That's never supposed to be the case. It was supposed to just be, yeah, well, there you just have to play him. Sorry, guys. You're telling me that has anything to do with Mel Tucker in the future? It doesn't. Let's talk about Saturday, though. Obviously, massive game. Believers only. Believers only. I understand Ohio State's really good. I watched them play Purdue last week, or at least flipped back and forth. Um, they looked like they actually could have scored a touchdown on every single offensive snap. Anytime they threw the ball, it was real interesting. Never seen this before in a football game. Every time they threw the ball, every single wide receiver was wide open. I don't know how that works. I don't really understand that. Every single time they threw the ball, everyone's wide open. When you pair that with the fact that Michigan State's pass defense has by far and away been the weakness of this team, obviously doesn't bode super well, right? On the flip side, I do think Michigan State's offense is going to have a good day. Um, Ohio State's defense, not really overbearing. Yeah, they got good athletes. I mean, it's fucking Ohio State. Their punter's a good athlete. They're going to have good athletes, right? They they know what they're doing. They're well coached. It's, again, it's Ohio State. Um, 
I think Michigan State's offense will do do well, though. I think Kenneth Walker is going to have a good game. And again, their mentality, Ohio State's game plan, you have to think, is going to be anybody but Kenneth Walker, right? We'll give up 700 yards through the air, but don't let Kenneth Walker dominate. We'll let the left guard run for a billion yards. Don't let Kenneth Walker dominate. You would imagine that's the mindset, but you would have thought the geniuses, the wizards at over, at over at Michigan, right? That powerhouse, that, that school that's never lost a game fairly in the history of football. You would have thought they would prepare. They would have prepared for Kenneth Walker. Now it was just, it's easier to blame it on the refs than prepare for the only guy you have to stop. But from what we saw from Peyton Thorne last week, I do think even if they do shut down Kenneth, even if they do eight guys in the box every play, we refuse to let them run. Even if they do stick to a game plan like that and they they execute it well, I think Peyton can get it done. Why not? He had a great game against Maryland. He's shown flashes. His stats this year are really good. He's had a very good year quietly. He's been overshadowed by Kenneth Walker. Um, and I think, honestly, to a, to some extent, I wouldn't say overshadowed by Jaden Reed because they play in harmony, but like – he, he loses out on some of the credit because it's like, oh, man, Jaden Reed's incredible, which he is. Jaden Reed, Reed's fucking nasty with it. But Peyton Thorne has quietly had a very, very, very good season. Very good season. I think if Ohio State does everything right and holds Kenneth Walker to 50 yards, I think Peyton Thorne still capable of putting up 28, 30 points. Why not? Now, if Michigan State allows Kenneth Walker to be shut down, probably hurts the chances, right? You're probably not winning that game. I mean, this is a game. It has to be Michigan. It has to be Michigan. Kenneth Walker has to perform well. He has to be a reliable source of production. Not only that, not only for Kenneth Walker, like is that just the way State's more the most dangerous when you give him the ball and he can turn five yards into 50? Not only is that our best way of scoring and making offense, but he sets up play action, which makes Peyton Thorne better. When Kenneth Walker in the run game works, passing becomes 10 times easier. Now, I think they still can pass. Like, again, against Maryland, Kenneth didn't really work until later in the game. I think MSU still can throw if Kenneth isn't working. It's just a 1,000 times easier when he is. The two games where it was close, Nebraska-Indiana, Kenneth Walker, only two games this year he hasn't been great, right? And they struggled to throw the ball without a run game those days. Now Rutgers, he had a nuts get, he had a nuts game, even though Thorne threw well, really well. And then Maryland, kind of held him in check, held him in check, but Thorne overcame it, and the passing game was just fine. I think the passing game's capable of operating and being successful without a huge canine day, but we need a canine day. I mean, when you play a team like Ohio State, because let's think about this: we just talked about MSU was supposed to be last in the Big Ten East this year. They're nine and one. We're the seventh ranked team. It's been an unbelievable season. Absolutely. We have some studs. Xavier Henderson, Kenneth Walker, Cal Halliday, Quaverius Crouch, Peyton Thorne to an extent, Jaden Reed, Jalen Ayler. Like they're studs on this team. But Mel Tucker, the problem at the end of the D'Antonio era was the ta- talent deficit. And that talent deficit, even though we've raided the transfer portal, right? Some of these guys have had another year. There's a few freshmen Tucker brought in that play. The talent deficit when you play a team like Ohio State, it still absolutely exists. It still is there. 
at a lot of positions. Like maybe their receivers, their receivers are some of the best in the country, but State can kind of hang there, right? Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, I don't know if he's going to play, but they're great. MSU's wide receiving core is great. CJ Stroud's awesome, but Peyton Thorne can kind of hang in there. Like he's having, having a great year, right? Running back probably goes the MSU. But then you look at like the defensive line, Ohio State's, they're just more talented than MSU's. The offensive line, same thing. To beat a team like that when you have that talent deficit, which is apparent, even though we're a great team, it's there. It's a fact. I'm sorry, but it is. You have to play a near flawless game. Everything you do well, you have to do well. Everything you do poorly, you have to do, at the very worst, mediocre, right? Like the pass defense, they're going to get points scored on them. I'm here to tell you. Like if you think we're going to shut out Ohio State, you're on drugs. The pass defense is going to get scored on, but they have to play the best game they've played, right? And that might be holding Ohio State to 31, right? Like if if you told me Ohio State scores 31 Saturday and you, I don't know, we have to find out, wait and find out what the offense scores, I would say that I like those odds. Like that's pretty good. For all things considered, that's pretty good slate for MSU. That's a pretty good odd. That's a pretty good position to be in. You hold them to 31, I believe MSU can score more than that. I really do. I really do. Michigan's defense is far and away, statistically, because they lead in every statistical category. Michigan's fucking Gary Barr to that idiot. Michigan's defense is far and away, not even comparable to Ohio State's. Michigan State put up 37 on them. You hold Ohio State to 31, I feel pretty good about that. I really do. And I know Mel said, oh, shootouts make me sick. I think that's how MSU is going to have to win this game, though. Like, you're not – you can say, yeah, we we don't want to do a shootout. We want to hold them. You're not going to hold Ohio State to under 21. Holding them – if MSU held Ohio State to 21 Saturday, that may as well be a shutout, honestly. That may as well be them scoring zero if you held them to 21. The pass coverage, the guys in the secondary and the defensive line – are going to have to play the best game they've played all year. We're going to have to get to the quarterback. And more specifically, we're going to have to figure out a way to get to the quarterback without sending more than four or five guys. Because guess what? We saw in the Maryland game too, here and there, MSU mustered up some great pressure, forced the interception, forced those intentional groundings against Talia. But those plays where MSU is just forcing instant bad decisions or instant bad throws, where they're bringing the heat, it's not like a four-man rush that gets loose. It's like MSU's bringing seven, where you just can't block everybody. Well, when we bring seven, Ohio State's best receiving core in the country and Heisman candidate quarterback against our worst pass defense in the country, that's not going to bode well. We can't do that. You can't go man up across the board and blitz seven against Ohio State because unless C.J. Stroud panics or he fucking, I don't even know, just throws a duck, you're going to get roasted. These guys are having trouble covering Indiana's wide receivers one-on-one. They're not going to guard Ohio State's one-on-one. I promise you that. So the defensive line has to have the game of the year. Secondary game of the year. The defense really as a whole, game of the year. We need Kenneth Walker to perform. I don't think Kenneth Walker necessarily needs to have a Michigan game where he's going for 205 tutties. I think he has to have like a Maryland type game though, like 100, 150 and a touchdown or two. He has to be a presence. He has to be a factor. He has to be a guy, even if he doesn't score the touchdowns, right? And he doesn't have any 60 yard runs. Even if he's just getting five yards a pop, he has to be a guy Saturday that Michigan State 
essentially anytime they want can give it to him and get some positive stuff. Michigan State, he needs to be a guy. He needs to be effective to the point where anytime he's in the backfield, anytime there's a potential that MSU gives him the ball, Ohio State's defense is keyed in on stopping him. Their focus shifts from, I don't care how many wideouts are out here. I don't care what the formation is. I don't care if it's third down and eight. If Kenneth Walker is capable of receiving the football, he needs to be effective to the point where Ohio State's focus is turned to him. That's the minimum we would need from Walker. Ideally, he goes for 255 touchdowns and he's unstoppable. He scores every time he touches it. But again, you got to believe Ohio State's entire game plan will be predicated on stopping Kenneth Walker. I think State's going to win Saturday. I think Michigan State's going to win Saturday. They were a 20-point underdog. Or no, they were 23 or 22-point underdogs last year. It was a 2-4 and four team, 2-3 and three team when we played Ohio State. Ohio State had Justin Fields, first-round quarterback. Stroud's been good. I'll take Justin Fields all fucking day, though. Ohio State hadn't lost. We were 22-point dogs. We're 19-point. 19 and a half, 20 point dogs this year. So you're telling me the difference between two and four, two and three Michigan state last year, where Mel Tucker hasn't even been able to meet in person for a fucking practice. Hasn't been able to recruit no transfers, nothing working with the same exact roster. D'Antonio left them. That, that team is only two points, three points worse the nine and one seventh ranked Michigan state who has a Heisman contender who beat a top 10 team already, who is a top 10 team themselves. That doesn't seem accurate. That's a chip. That's a chip. You think that's not being talked about? It's the fourth team against the seventh team. And they're favored by 19 and a half. It's a team that was two and three last year and is now nine and one. And they're only they're fewer underdogs by two points. We're barely, we're barely more favored by Vegas than than a two and three team last year. We have a Heisman contender. I don't give a fuck about the pass defense. I don't give a fuck about the stats. We have a Heisman contender. That means something. Peyton Thorne, sneaky, having an incredible season. He's been great. Michigan State hasn't had quarterback play since Connor Cook, the way Peyton Thorne's playing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wide receivers, if Naylor plays, probably the best they've been, I don't know, since I can remember. I mean, Burbridge was sick. I don't know about the entirety of the of the wide receiving core being this good, though. The defense has to step up. Mel Tucker, he said. It's no holds barred. We're not playing not to lose Saturday. We're playing to take it. We're playing to win. Get creative with the playbook. Get creative with the defense. Figure out what they don't do well. Expose that, right? Figure out what they want to do. Stop that. Inspire. Chip on the shoulder. It's a top 10 matchup, and they're favored by 19 and a half. That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. This is our year, man. It's a special team. It's a special team. You watch that Michigan game, you're telling me that's not special. Tell me something's not special about this year. Watch that Nebraska game, tell me this team's not special. Bounce back like they did this week against Maryland. You don't think they're fucking laser focused on being champions. 
You think they're happy to be here? You think they don't really give a fuck if they keep winning games? You think they're satisfied with nine wins? Fuck that. You think they're fine being 19-point underdogs against an Ohio State team? And they, we've got kids from Ohio left, right, and center that were overlooked that fucking hate Ohio State that might want to beat them more than they want to beat Michigan. I believe. Do you? It's believers only. I don't want to see anybody talking shit about the pass defense. I don't want to see anybody saying, well, it was fun. Now we're going to get smoked. I don't want to see any negative, we're going to lose, victim, sorry for us, fucking loser-ass mindset. You either believe in Michigan State and you're with us, or you're fine, You're whatever, Ohio State. Who gives a fuck what you are? You either believe or you don't. You're with us or you're against us, plain and simple. You're not a, you're not a Michigan State fan, but – the, the pass defense is going to get roasted. They're going to hang 60 on us. Uh-uh. Fine, so you're not a Michigan State fan. Get the fuck out of my face. I don't care what the stats say. This is a huge game, a top 10 game, almost a rivalry game, right? We've always said Michigan, obviously, the rival, but Ohio State, Penn State, same vein. Like, anytime those teams get together, it's a bigger game. You can kind of throw the records out the window. Top 10, dude. Mel Tucker, we are not done yet, man. We got a fucking Heisman contender, and they're favored by 19 and a half. You're either a believer or you're not this week. It's believers only. Go green Saturday. This would be the most unbelievable win I think I've ever seen at Michigan State. Just considering the odds, considering the scope of the season, where this year started and where it's going, Considering the fact that it's year two, considering he still hasn't even recruited, the fact that we are, if State wins and Kenneth Walker plays well, he's probably the Heisman. Considering they can go to the college football playoff again in a year where nobody thought it was possible. Spartan dogs, man. Spartans will. You got to believe. I know everyone in that locker room believes. They don't give a fuck if it's Ohio State, Alabama, the Kansas City Chiefs, the 85 Bears. They don't give a fuck. They know they got a squad. They know they got dudes. They know they'll be prepared. They know they believe. They don't give a fuck who they're playing. Let's go in there. Do what dogs do. Give them hell. Give them hell and find a way. Give them hell and find a way. Defense got to play out of their minds. Kenneth Walker's got to show. Peyton Thorne's got to show in a big way. Everybody's got to show. Mistake-free for 60 minutes. Do your job. And MSU will find a way. Quick break. We'll talk a little Michigan. I was going to do just an all-state podcast today because there's nothing much really happening with the Red Wings. I mean, the Red Wings have lost a couple in a row. Larkin had to leave last night for COVID. That fucking sucked that they lost that game again in Columbus, too. That Columbus game sucked. Both tough night for the Wings. Tough couple. Um, Tigers were kind of just waiting on Correa, (laughs) or at least that's what I think we're waiting on. Pistons, not shit. Lions, who gives a fuck? I was going to just do all state considering the news, considering that the state game is massive, Michigan, Maryland. I mean, who cares? Um, Obviously still important game. Like Michigan has to win. Michigan's got massive stakes on the line with this game too. It's not quite the Michigan, Ohio state game. It's not Michigan, Penn state. It's not Michigan, Michigan state. They got to win though. I mean, this is a must win game for Michigan. And I said, The fan base loves to look ahead. The fan base loves to think they've already won national championships in the middle of July. But as far as the football program goes, I don't know, obviously, like what the rivalry is like, like how far ahead, how determined are you? How focused are you on Ohio State at this point? 
um, especially when you haven't beaten them since I was four years old. Like how determined, how much time do you really spend on Ohio State? And at some point, it's like, hey, if you were going to spend half this week preparing for Ohio State rather than Maryland, is it worth it? Like you, you can beat Maryland. You fucking never beat Ohio State, so you may as well save the time and put it towards Maryland. The only issue or the only scary part is the fact that they, they may be looking forward to OSU. The fact that in practice – they may be implementing Ohio State stuff. They may be drawing up plays, implementing defenses to stop the Buckeyes, not Maryland. And Maryland's frisky. I said after the game on Tuesday, I said uh, that Michigan State game, yeah, MSU won. They forced that interception, a couple intentional groundings. Maryland had so many chances to just be in that game. They had so many chances. They kind of shot themselves in the foot. They kind of made errors. Did dumb shit, beat themselves to an extent. They're a frisky team. They are a frisky team. I know their record isn't great, right? They're not talking about the college football playoff. Talia is a good player. He erases mistakes. You get in the backfield, those defensive linemen that just get after quarterbacks, he's a guy that can make them not matter. He's a guy that'll just spin out of the pocket. That pass rush doesn't fucking matter. I'll throw it downfield anyway. He's a guy that isn't there wetting his pants. He's not going to go into the big house saying, oh, well, ah, I better be careful with the football. Or maybe it's at Maryland. I don't even know. Either way, he's not going to go into that game saying, well, I got to protect the ball today. He's going to go into that game like, we're not going to beat these guys by being pussies. That's the kind of player he is. He's going to go out and do everything he can not to not lose to fucking beat Michigan. He wants to play spoiler, and he's good, dude. He's got an arm. He wants to make plays. Maryland's front four, pretty fucking good. They'll do pretty well at stop. They kind of curbed uh, Kenneth Walker for a little bit there. They're going to try to do the same shit to Haskins and Corum. Why wouldn't you? Michigan, It's they're still the same team, dude. Michigan and Michigan State are still the same team. The formula is the same. Do everything you can to stop the run. If Cade McNamara or Peyton Thorne torch you, that's the way she goes. If they torture, that's how it goes. Maryland's not bad. Maryland looked good. I thought, again, they kind of did some dumb shit, right? Some costly turnovers. They twisted the game and MSU took advantage. Maryland is a team that if you are looking towards Ohio State, that locker room this week, all they're talking about is Ohio State. All Jim Harbaugh's talking about is Ohio State. They're implementing plans and plays and schemes for Ohio State. They're focused on the fact they haven't done it since Harbaugh got there. They haven't done it since these kids were still watching fucking Dragon Tales on PBS. They haven't done it in ages. But if there was ever a year to do it, this is the year. If they want to chase their dreams, if they want to fulfill their destiny, they want to go to the Big Ten. They want to go to the playoff. They have to beat Ohio State. This needs to be the year that they do it. You would think if they're determined to do it, and especially based on the history Jim Harbaugh has, the 0-7 embarrassing fucking track record he has, you would think they're probably starting to talk about Ohio State. They're probably starting to prepare for Ohio State, which can be a bit of a dangerous thing. Now, on the flip side, it may not matter at all because – they're so close, they can taste it, right? Like, they're right fucking there. They need to just beat Maryland. doesn't matter if they beat them by one or 1,000. You just need to win the game against Maryland and go play Ohio State. 
That's it. They're so close they can taste it. So it may not matter. They might have done zero preparation for Maryland all week, and it may not matter because they are going to be so highly motivated to make that Ohio State game meaningful. It may not matter anyway. Or it could. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, that really is the twist. Maryland's a team. Obviously, Michigan should win. Obviously. Anytime fucking the favored team should always win. But Maryland's a team. If you come in unprepared or you come in with other things on your mind, namely the Buckeyes, you're coming in thinking, man, we're fucking, we're sweet, dude. We're about to be 10 and one playing the game in Ann Arbor. Actually, I don't know where the game is this year, but we're about to be 10 and one playing the game for a chance at the Big Ten title, dude. We're fucking sick. Maryland can beat you. Maryland is frisky. Maryland, like, to be honest, after watching that game, I haven't looked at their schedule. I don't know who they've lost to. Maryland watching that game against MSU, I was like, damn, like these guys are. I think they were five and five after that loss. I'm surprised they're not like six and four at least, right? Like if you told me they were seven and three, I'd be like, yeah, their quarterback. I mean, Tagovailoa is fucking nasty with it. They lost to Iowa. They or they beat Kent State, beat Illinois. Beat West Virginia, murdered Howard. Wow, they're not bad. They lost to Iowa. Yep, they got fucking killed by Ohio State. That's a tough scene. Um, they lost to Minnesota. That's that's like I would guess Maryland. That'd be and they lost by a lot. They lost by eighteen. Like I would guess that's a game where Maryland's within a score. I'd guess that's a back and forth game. They lost to Penn State by seventeen. I'm surprised that's not closer too, especially they only scored 14 on Penn State. I'm surprised they didn't make that closer. Um, and then they lost to us by 19. They're I, they're frisky. I, I I like Maryland. I just like their quarterback. In college too, I feel like I said it about Nebraska too. They've got the defense and everything. I've said it about uh, of Nebraska. Like when you have a quarterback, a dynamic guy who can just run around and like wants to make plays, because you can tell there are QBs who are like, yeah, if he's open, I'll throw it, but I just kind of want to not fuck up. I don't really want to make stuff happen. I just don't want to fuck up. There's something to be said for an athletic QB who wants to make shit happen. Even maybe, you know, like there were times where Tauli is probably trying too hard to make something happen when he should go down. Even if it can be to your own detriment, there's something to be said about quarterbacks and teams with quarterbacks who are just all or nothing, who are willing to make the play every play. They can be scary. It's at Maryland. Michigan is traveling to Maryland. Michigan may be looking ahead. They should win the game. Maryland's not bad. Maryland's not a bad team. Plus, too, Maryland, they're more highly motivated. They're more highly motivated this week than they will be against Rutgers, right? The last three weeks, they've been pumped. They want to upset one of these top 10 teams. They want to ruin Penn State's, Michigan State's, Michigan season. They want to fuck one of us over. That's added motivation. People fucking hate Michigan, too. They probably hate Michigan. We'll see. Michigan should win if Dylan Lark- if they lose Dylan Larkin. If they lose Jim Harbaugh, I, I don't know. I hope he stays at a hotel if they lose because that dude's going to have his fucking house burned to the ground. But they should win. Should be a fun game to watch. I think Talia is a good QB. I wouldn't be so – if Michigan lost, I would be surprised just because it's an upset so close to the, the finish line. But I also wouldn't. It would make sense. The reasons for an upset are very much so there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Harbaugh and the Wolverines. Mel Tucker, man, that man is paid. Tuck coming, Tuck staying. 
All right. I appreciate all the listeners. Appreciate the support. Everyone who shares. Hope everyone has a good rest of your week. Good weekend. Big fucking games. Go green this weekend, man. Don't be negative. Believe. Believe in something. Watch some Ted Lasso. All right. That's all I got. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.